welcome to the Parentpreneur Podcast, a weekly podcast where I speak with mom and dad entrepreneurs about their businesses, families, and how they are striking their ideal work-life balance on their own terms. I'm your host, Anelia Faithful, and I'm a creative director and a parentpreneur. My guest today is Ashley Brooks. Ashley is the content marketer and strategist behind Brooks Editorial and a co-host of the Chasing Creative podcast. Ashley is on a mission to help creative entrepreneurs step away from the hustle and design a business and blog that works with their lifestyle. She works from home with her toddler daughter and is currently on maternity leave. I spoke with Ashley earlier this summer while we were both pregnant with our second children. In this episode, we touch on our plans for maternity leave and how to make the most out of your limited time resources to market your business. Welcome to the Parentpreneur Podcast, Ashley. I'm so glad to have you here. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm pretty excited about this new podcast you've got going on, and I'm really honored that you asked me to be a guest. So I'm looking forward to talking with you. Thanks, Ashley. So tell us a bit about how your business got started and what inspired you to become an entrepreneur. Yeah, so I started my business back in 2012, which is when I graduated from college. Um, I got an English degree, and I had pretty much always planned on being a freelancer. Um, even way back in like junior high, I was like, well, I, I want to be a book editor. And I was like, I don't see any reason why I can't do that from my house instead of from an office. So, um, part of my plan was always to be able to stay home and work with my kids, but that wasn't the only reason I wanted to start my business. Um, I'm also pretty independent. And as I got more jobs during college and spent some time in different workplaces, I realized that I really hate being told what to do by other people, which is kind of a problem (laughs) in Mm -hmm. the workplace. Um, So yeah, I started my editing business in 2012. And I had my first baby Hadley in August of 2014. And at that point, um, the business was pretty stable. And so ever since then, I've just been working around her. And now I'm expecting our second baby due this August. Um, So they'll be exactly two years apart. And the business will have to shift and change a little bit with that, I'm sure. But um, we'll make it happen somehow. (laughs) So what changes did you make to your business once your um, first child was born? You know, I feel like... Once I had my first baby, that's when I really buckled down and got good at being efficient and being productive and like just got really serious about time management because all of a sudden I didn't have all day long to work anymore. I had like a couple hours here and there when Mm -hmm. she was napping. So um, that's actually when my business started to really take off. And Um, Part of that is probably because I had spent two years prior to that laying the foundation and marketing myself and building up a client base. But I think that a lot of it did also have to do with, oh, I need to get like real serious about how I'm spending my time because I just don't have this unlimited schedule anymore. So um, that made a pretty big difference in my business for the better, I would say. So how are you making your business work right now in terms of childcare? What does your usual workday look like? Right now, my workday is pretty ideal, actually. So 
Um, I should preface this by saying it wasn't always this way. So for the first full year, my first daughter, Hadley, did not sleep through the night at Mm. all. So I was very sleep deprived and she was a terrible napper. She would only nap for about 40 minutes at a time, which is not a very long time to get anything done. (laughs) Yeah, this sounds very familiar. (laughs) Yeah, it's not a long time. Um, You never quite know when she's going to nap, you know. So that was really a struggle for me. The first year was kind of just survival mode. And there was about two months where... um, Hadley was right around six months old, I believe, that we did have a nanny who came um, for about six hours a week just so that I could have like a little bit of stability because I was to the point where I was really having trouble meeting client deadlines. Um, But when she turned one last August, all that like magically fell into place. It must have just been um, her time to hit some sort of developmental milestone because she started sleeping through the night and now she takes naps that are like three hours long at the exact same time every day, which is amazing. Yes. So that's when I get all of my work done right now. Um, right at this very moment, I'm doing a little bit extra work because I'm preparing for maternity leave. So Mm -hmm. I'm taking a little bit more on right now than I normally would, which means I'm working some nights and some Saturdays. But for the most part, my work schedule is just while my daughter is napping. And sometimes if it's a busy week, I'll wake up before her and squeeze in an hour of work early in the morning. But other than that, that's it. Let's talk a bit more about maternity leave. You mentioned in our emails that you're planning on taking three months off this time around. So what kind of preparations have you been making over the last several months? And did you learn any lessons from the first time? Yeah, I have so much to say about maternity leave. I'm so (laughs) glad you want to talk about this. (laughs) Um, So I just think maternity leave is super, super important. And I know a lot of freelancers who have their baby and then they're like, well, my family relies on our income. And so they come home from the hospital two days later and they're emailing clients with a newborn. And it's like, you need time with your baby for stuff to bond. You need time to rest and heal and like emotionally and physically and all that stuff. And so I... I'm just sort of on this crusade where I'm like freelancers need to be able to take maternity leave. So um, what I did with Hadley was, um, you know, I was over ambitious. I had no idea what it was really going to be like having a baby. I'm an only child, so mm-hmm. I didn't even have any experience with siblings growing up. And I just had no idea how much it was going to change things. So I planned on taking six weeks, which I thought was pretty reasonable. Um And I planned to take it unpaid just because the business wasn't at a point at that time where I thought it was sustainable for me to pay myself. So I took six weeks unpaid and I was just not in like a healthy place mentally or emotionally Mm -hmm. when I did start working again. But I felt bad going back on my word to my clients because I had told them this is the date I can take on more work and they were waiting for me. And I felt bad not bringing any income in while I was off. And... So this time around, I didn't really, we were planning this pregnancy, but I didn't really have like what I'm going to do for maternity leave. And um, just sort of by happenstance, I've been reading a lot of books that have sort of centered around that conversation of maternity leave um, for women who either run their own companies or for who are um, employed by a larger corporation. And especially how that differs in America compared to policies in the rest of the world, particularly Europe and Scandinavian countries. And 
because I was so interested in that, I just kept sort of reading about it. And I realized that, um, there is no reason, like if I really believe that like maternal health is an important thing, there is no reason that I should be treating myself worse than I would expect an employer to treat me if I were working for a big company. So I was like, no, I deserve paid leave and I deserve more than six weeks of paid leave because it takes longer than that to rest and heal and bond with a baby. Um, so I was like, I'm going to take three months and I'm going to pay myself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, which was a pretty big goal, but what I did was I, I think it's all in the preparation. Um, I know there are a lot of freelancers out there who think that this would not work for them or who would think it's not doable for them, but I would really encourage anyone who's in that situation to take a look at what they can do to prepare and see if they can make it happen. Um, so what I did for myself is I have basically pay myself the same salary every month, even if I earn more or less. Um, The months that I earn more sort of act as a buffer for the months that I earn less. And then if there's like an overflow of cash at the end of the year, um, I just sort of take that as a bonus or I reinvest it into the business. So I know what I'm going to earn every month. And I knew then at the beginning of the year what I was going to have to save in order to pay myself the three months I was off. So that was just some pretty basic math, and I've just spent the last few months taking on extra work and um, working some Saturdays during Hadley's nap that I normally wouldn't, working some more earlier mornings that I normally wouldn't, working a few evenings. Um, My schedule is getting to the point where it's feeling a bit stressful, I think just because I'm in the third trimester of my pregnancy now, Um, and that's like, (laughs) that's just an exhausting time anyway. Mm -hmm. Um. But I'm really getting to the point where it's starting to wear me out, but I've got almost enough money saved up now. And so I'll be able to cut back on work, um, back down to my normal hours and have enough saved up to pay myself. So um, that's how I'm doing it. I know there are other people who um, work really hard during their pregnancies to create an ebook or an e-course to bring in some passive income, or they get set up with some great affiliate programs or... Um, they even subcontract work out to other um, other freelancers or other contractors. Um, and some people don't pay themselves as much as they normally would, but they pay themselves what they're able to. You know, it might be a reduced amount, but I would really just encourage people to take a look at how their business is structured and think about those different ways that they could make a paid maternity leave work for them or even an unpaid maternity leave. Like, I know we need to have income coming in still. But if you're in any sort of a position where you can cut back on expenses for a couple of months, just to take that time for yourself, I think that is so important for maternal health in general. Yeah, these are really great tips. Um, I'm also in my third trimester of my second pregnancy, and I am doing what um, you've been doing, which is take on extra work and basically working myself to the bone so that I can just rest for yeah. a few months and I am so looking forward to that even though technically it's not rest it's just <laughs> different yeah. kind of work yes definitely different kind of work so um how long are you planning on taking off with this pregnancy then um I'm planning on taking about eight weeks though it, uh, it'll probably be a little bit longer I'll start easing back into it mm-hmm. that is such a smart way of doing it too is taking like planning on what you're going to take, but giving yourself the room to be flexible if you decide that you need more time than that. 
Um, that's a really good approach, I think. That's smart. Yeah, I have a couple of clients that I just love working with and they have a couple of different things coming up. So I really want to be able to work on those things. Uh, mm -hmm. So I'm just going to do work for them. Um, and they're very understanding. So um, th that's the beauty of cultivating good client relationships. Yeah, that is so true. And with your first, were you um, freelancing or owning your own business at that point? So I actually, I love that you're asking this question because um, <laughs> people might want to know. Um, so I actually quit my job at an advertising agency two months before I gave birth. I was wow. very unhappy. I hated my commute. Um, it was it was a horrible commute and it was in the middle of winter. So mm -hmm. I just quit my job and said, I'm going to freelance for a couple of months and then see what happens. And um, that Friday, I emailed everyone on my contact list and I was able to uh, find enough work so that I could just, you know, pay the bills for a while. And then I started trying to cram work in once the baby was born during nap time. And my husband, fortunately, he's a college professor, so he had a little bit of flexibility in his schedule. Mm -hmm. So we were able to kind of tag team uh, childcare, and we, we still do. Our, our daughter's two years old, and we're still kind of doing that. And it's it's been really good for both of us, although it's exhausting. Um, we both feel like we're half-assing everything. <laughs> um, but um, it, it's working. It's working. Um, we definitely are looking towards the future and thinking about a more consistent childcare plan once the second baby arrives. Yeah, planning for childcare is like a huge part of this whole being a parentpreneur thing. Um, like I said, right now we don't have any childcare, but I have been looking into part-time childcare for Hadley once the new baby comes because I know they're not going to nap at the same time. And mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, how am I going to get any work done? Because I really hate taking away nights and weekends because that's you know usually family time or time with my husband. Um, and I just really don't want to be that like not like this is a bad thing because I know it works well for some people but I would be so resentful of my business if I worked every night instead of during the day you know like that's mm -hmm. just not when I function my best um and I don't want to be resentful of my business plus I think my daughter's getting to the point where she would really enjoy interaction with other kids so mm -hmm. we are considering part-time child care for her once the new baby is born but we're going to be flexible and see how it goes and you know, maybe this one will sleep. You never know. <laughs> oh, I, I wish that to everyone. A baby that sleeps and eats and yes. is happy. Yeah. So um, one of the things that you write, you've written a lot about is how to do less, um, but still make the most of your time. And as a person who is constantly doing a million things, it sounds really counterintuitive to me. Um, mm -hmm. So can you help me unwrap that idea a little bit more? Yeah, so it kind of goes back to that whole idea that I was talking about where once my daughter was born, I really buckled down and was suddenly able to get so much more done in less time. And I think that for anybody who's trying to lead like a simplified life or an intentional life or basically just someone who wants freedom from their business but doesn't want to feel like they're a slave to their business mm -hmm. um, would benefit from this idea, which is do less but do more of the things that actually matter. Um, and this is 
an idea that comes up in a, quite a few productivity books, but my favorite one is Essentialism by Greg McEwen. And he basically just writes about how to cut out all the clutter and all the distractions from your life and focus your time and your energy on those things that really matter to you, whether it's projects at work or your family or um, health goals, self-care, that sort of thing. Whatever it is, if you make those things a priority, you will see greater productivity and greater progress in your life towards the goals that really matter to you. And you'll be able to cut out those things that were sort of just sucking away your time and draining your energy that don't matter. So on a more tangible sense, I'm a business owner, I'm looking to work on my content marketing, and obviously that's something that you do for your clients. Um, So how are you applying these principles to your work? Um, So this is what I do in my own business for my own content strategy, um, really applying that principle of doing less. I have sort of stopped looking at um, what everyone else is doing. I sort of ignore the hype and I focus on what's going to work for my business and for my people. And I do those things and I ignore everything else. So for example, like you might remember, I think it was last year when Periscope first came on the scene, right? Mm -hmm. And everybody was all like, oh, you've got to get on Periscope. Like this is the new thing. You've got to be there. And I was like, you know, I just don't have time to take live videos of myself. And I don't know what I would say in those live videos. And I know for a lot of people, they were held back from like, oh, that sounds cool, but I'm afraid to record myself. That's not what it felt like to me. Um, To me, it just felt like, you know, that's not a space where I need to be. I need to be other places. So I just totally ignored Periscope. And people are still like, well, aren't you going to get on Periscope? And I'm like, nah, not planning on it. <laughs> like, because I don't have time to be everywhere and to do everything. So What I really like to do is look at the things that work in my business and do more of those types of things um, because those are what's going to give you the biggest results instead of trying to be everywhere and instead of trying to copy the things that work for everyone else or blog three times a week because you think you have to when really your audience might be totally fine with just one post a week because they're just as busy as you are and they don't have time to read three a week. Um. So it's sort of just taking off that pressure of keeping up with the Joneses of the business world and doing what works for you. Great. So do you have any time management tips that are working really well for you and your business? Yeah, I don't know if this technically counts as time management, but I really love outsourcing things that I don't need to do. Mm-hmm. Um And so a lot of people think of outsourcing as business stuff, but I also like to outsource household things. So um, for example, I haven't done this for about a year or so now, but when Hadley was really young and not napping, and um, especially when she was a newborn, and I'm going to do this again with the new baby, I use grocery delivery services. Um, So like Instacart is a big one people are using now. Uh, They're not available in my area, so I use something else that's local here, but uh, it's basically like, I I don't know what Instacart is, but the service that I use is like you go online and pick out your groceries while you're hanging out breastfeeding your baby or while you're <laughs> watching Netflix or whatever. And for $5, a lovely person will bring all that food to your house and you don't have to leave. Like you don't have to pack up your kids. You don't have to worry about like driving there. And that just takes up so much time, you know? 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I outsource things like that. And I outsource things like, um, like I don't outsource all of our regular daily cleaning, but I outsource like the deep cleaning kind of stuff. Like, I don't know, like washing windows and baseboards and like really gross things. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm just like, no, somebody else can do that. So I just save up money and once or twice a year, somebody comes and deep cleans my house so I don't have to do it. Um, and then in my business, I'm starting to outsource some of the things that I'm not fantastic at, like website management, I'm totally awful at. So I have a web developer who takes care of all my site maintenance for me. And if I have any little tweaks that I want to make on my website, I just email them to her and she does them for me. Um, and I have a virtual assistant now who helps me with scheduling out some of my social media updates. So things like that really make a big difference. And then more for, I don't know, time management, I guess. I like to, um, I don't know, I like to sort of set time limits on myself because I think that's why I was able to be so productive and so efficient once Hadley was born is because I knew like she is going to wake up at some point soon and I need to get this amount of stuff done before she does. Like I had a very set time limit and that's really helpful for me in pretty much all my areas of life. So if I can, I will try to be like, okay, I'm going to do this right now, but I'm going to schedule something immediately afterwards so that I have to stop and go do this thing. So whether that's like coffee with friends or sometimes I'll just set an alarm on my phone that's like, nope, you're done. You have to stop now. Um, It sort of just helps me use my time more effectively to have those constraints, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, thank you so much, Ashley. This has been very helpful for me um, and hopefully for everyone listening. So if people want to find out more about you and what you do, where can they find you? Yeah, so my website and blog are at brookseditorial.com, and I blog there about um, intentional content marketing for creatives, so lots of stuff about making the most of your time and, uh, you know, keeping a business running without having to do all the crazy stuff everybody else is doing. Um, And then I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest, also at brookseditorial. And you also do a podcast. Yes. Oh, thank you for reminding me. (laughs) Yes, I do. I co-host the Chasing Creative podcast with my friend Abigail Krebs. And that is a show that's all about how everyday people make time for their passion projects and for creativity in the midst of their busy lives. So you can check us out if you're interested in creativity at all. Great. Uh, Well, thank you so much, Ashley. This was a pleasure and hopefully we'll talk soon. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Parentpreneur Podcast. If you'd like to share your thoughts on today's episode, you can send me an email at hello at parentpreneurcast.com. You can also follow the Parentpreneur Podcast on Twitter at WeParentpreneur or on Facebook at facebook.com slash parentpreneurcast. Please visit parentpreneurcast.com for show notes, resources, and to learn how you can be a guest on the show.
If you liked what you heard, please tell a friend and remember to subscribe on iTunes and leave a rating so that other parentpreneurs like you can find the podcast. I'll be back every week with new guests talking about the ins and outs of their entrepreneurial journeys. Thanks again and see you next week.